Shortly before I married Josh, my friend Ginny passed on a small quote that has dramatically shaped my relationship with Josh. It's too good to keep to myself, so I hope you enjoy part one of this two-part series with Ginny on marriage advice and raising children. I'm Tina. I'm a wife and stay-at-home mom of three boys. Life is full of crazy, and I want to share it with you. I really want to do this podcast, but like you, I don't always have time to sit down and record. So we're going to fold laundry, bake, do all the things together while we talk. I'm glad you're here to walk through life with me. I recorded this more than a month ago and have been dying to share it. So after listening through the audio after the interview, I realized there was too much wisdom about both marriage relationships and raising kids to squeeze into one episode. So today is part one of a two-part series where Ginny and I talk about how to best support our husbands. I hope you're challenged and encouraged by Ginny's example. Could you maybe tell me a little bit about yourself? Tell me about your family. What does Jason do and the ages of your kids? Sure. So Jason and I have been married for, we just celebrated our 21st wedding anniversary. The Lord has entrusted us with six kids. We have three girls and three boys. So you already know this, but the reason that I have you here on the podcast is because you wrote down a piece of advice for me at my bridal shower. And I, I told you, I still have the card hanging up on our fridge. It was a, it was a few months into our marriage that I came across the cards when unpacking some things. And so the card says, only speak kindly of your husband and to your husband in front of others and hold hands as much as possible. Now that last part's super cute, but, (laughs) uh, so more for the, the first part, the only speaking kindly of and to your husband in front of others. What is the story behind that quote? And, and why did you think to write that down? So at the time, my husband was working both construction and he was doing snow removal. He was gone all the time. Um, He did snow removal for multiple properties in the cities. And so before it snowed, they'd have to go down and do pre-treating and then stay through the whole snow event and shovel sidewalks and plow roads. And so I was struggling with the amount of time that he was gone and how to relate to him when he was here. And so actually I started, um, I got an email from the Revive Our Hearts ministry and they were doing a Love Your Husband for 30 Days Challenge. They would send you an email every day with advice or ideas on how to love your husband well. And I was like, I can do this. I can love him. (laughs) And so I got the first email. And the first email was, for the next 30 days, only speak kindly to and of your husband. And that really resonated with me because I, at the time, I had a lot of friends. I love to talk. And, and you know, you've been in those situations where somebody starts complaining and all of a sudden 
complaining is the thing we're all doing. And it's like, we're almost comparing our complaints and mine is worse than yours kind of a thing. And so I loved that advice and I, and I held on to it. And the funny thing is, and this is God's grace in my life and God humbling me, I was going to do this and I was going to do it well. And I was going to be the best 30 day wife ever. (laughs) And I I did that first day, and then the second day I I did what I think it was write a note to your husband on the third day, and by the fourth day I didn't even open the emails anymore, so I failed the loving your husband challenge miserably. But that one that one thing stuck with me, and um, it stuck with me because I wanted him to trust me with his whole heart. I wanted him to trust me with his words, with his struggles, with his failures, and at the time I. He needed to be able to trust me with the amount of hours that he was working, with my frustration. Well, there came a point where we we needed advice and help and wisdom together. He did not need me to tear him down when he wasn't there. He didn't need me to complain and and cry out to anyone other than him. He needed to be able to trust me with um, all that was going on in our marriage. And so it was... I'm thankful that somebody gave me that advice and it's so stuck in my head and I was delighted that God used it in your marriage. When I was talking to Josh about this quote, I told him that, now I'm not sure I would say that it's transformed our marriage or anything. And and he stopped me and he said, actually, I kind of feel like it has just because um, it's it's like that verse, Proverbs 31, 11. The heart of her husband trusts in her. I just, yeah, I can see how that all ties together. So did Jason notice or did you tell him you were, you were doing a challenge? (laughs) I told him, I think after I failed miserably, but (laughs) you know what? I don't think I ever did tell him about the speaking um, kindly to him and of him. I wanted that to be something that I was doing for the Lord and not necessarily for him, although it, he was the one who benefited from it. I wanted God to work in my heart and to, to change how I speak of him and to him. And I didn't, he's never said it, but I know that he trusts me with his words and um, trusts me with how he's feeling about things. And so it has made a difference. But now that you mentioned it, I don't think that I ever did talk to him about it specifically. Have you seen this then work out then in the rest of your marriage? Yes. Yes, because I haven't done well always at this. I There have been moments where I have fallen in, into the trap of woe is me and you all need to hear how woeful my day is or <laughs> my my time is but it it has been very convicting especially um, as we work through church life as we work through parenting and my husband reciprocated in kind and so not only am I careful about how I speak to him and to others about him he is also incredibly gracious and in speaks to him and of me and um, what I love about this most is how God has used it in our immediate home and when I'm talking to my children about their father uh, they know 
I mean, we have our jokes and we have our fun moments and for sure, but they also know that I respect him, that I love him, that I am 110% always on their father's side. And that doesn't mean that I won't go to him if we're disagreeing. It doesn't mean that they can't come to me with help when it comes to communicating with their father, but they know that, that he and I are a team and that they, I think that they find comfort in that. I think that they um, are secure in that, knowing that mom and dad are on one on the same page and mom and dad aren't ever going to, we aren't going to burden our children with our marriage struggles ever. Those are between Jay and I. And it gives you a freedom to um, to have those, those laughing moments, the joking moments. But we are also very careful in our home to not take the jokes too far, to not be overly, especially uh, not, neither Jason and I are very sarcastic people at all. And that's intentional, especially with our kids. I don't want to, I don't want them to not believe the words that I'm saying. And so we are very careful in how we, how we joke and how we tease each other. The first part where I said, speak well, that is biblical. It is godly. I could defend that through multiple scriptures in guarding your tongue and speaking kindly. The second part, the holding hands, that is an opinion. It is fun advice. It may or may not work for your marriage. And so I, I want my kids to see the difference where I, I could give you good advice and it may or may not work in your marriage. You know, holding hands works for some people. Some people makes them uncomfortable. So, but I, but I want them to know there's, there's Bible, Bible, uh, commands, Bible truths. And then there are opinions and good ideas, but I personally get so caught up in the do, 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 doing that sometimes I think that's godliness when in fact it's just preference and opinion and I need to get back to the word. And what does the Bible actually tell me I need to be doing? The Bible says, submit my husband. And I can find you 12 books that are full of good ideas but not maybe in my marriage and not maybe in my life. And so I need to be in the word and, and see what does submission look like to my husband? Because my husband is unique. God created him. He created him for me. He created him for my family. And so I need to be in the word and let the Holy Spirit change me for my husband and for my family. Are there any other quotes or challenges that you find yourself coming back to helping you be more intentional? in your marriage yeah at our wedding um my dad he walked me down the aisle and my grandpa um, started the, the service and my dad could give me away and then my dad spoke at our wedding and I know people say the bride and groom don't remember anything that happened but my dad actually he he preached on he talked to Jason and then he talked to me and he um shared the verse that says a wise woman builds her house, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And that verse has come back um, off and on, but especially this past year, when I when I think about um, whether when I think about my hands and what they're doing, I, I do a lot of dishes, I do a lot of laundry, I do a lot of driving. Um, but especially this year with my phone, actually, with the texting and the messaging and the all the things that I could be doing, I was very convicted 
as, as I was holding my phone and I can't remember if I was posting something or texting, but I, I look at my hands and I thought, am I building my house to the best of my ability or am I tearing it down? Are the words that I'm saying or the things that I'm doing the best that I could be doing? Are there more profitable things I could be doing? I, I realized how much of my time was just filled with vanity and foolishness. And there's a, there's a, a place for social media. There's a place for communicating with people. I realized my own, you know, my precious kids are they're getting older and they're getting closer to leaving me, which kind of freaks me out. But God has given us as wives and mothers the opportunity to build and set the flavor for our home. You know, our husbands have a huge job in leading us and being the authority. But the flavor of your home is very much dependent on you as the as the wife, as the homemaker, as however, whatever your role is as your wife, you really do set the tone and flavor. Um, partly because we're in the home more and we're we set the tone with the music and how the home looks and stuff like that. But I, I was really, really convicted that I was spending a lot of time tearing down my house because I simply wasn't building it. You're either doing one or the other. And so um, I've had to really evaluate where I'm at. And again, this is, it's a biblical command that says I need to build my home and not sit down. And it looks differently for me than it will for someone else. For me, it was stepping away from certain social medias. It was letting go of some relationships. It was um, giving up some hobbies that were just wasting my time. And so I've, I've made that kind of the, the principle of where I go from, from now, where I say, whatever it is I'm about to do, if I'm about to agree to do something, or if I'm about to start a new hobby, or am I building or am I tearing down? Which am I doing? Is this wise? Is it foolish? Is it going to help my family? Is it going to hinder or hurt them? And I've known that verse my whole life, and I've known it for 21 years with marriage, but it was really just this past year that it really struck home that I need to be more intentional building my home well and not tearing it down. In my bedroom is a post-it note that has a verse, and I don't know where it's from. I know David says it, and he says, who am I and what is my house that you would choose me, Lord? And so also I've been trying very intentionally to be very grateful because even today we heard a pastor speak in Psalm 8 and say, what is man that thou thinkest of him? And when I look at my home and the fact that I've been married for 21 years and God has entrusted us with kids and he's entrusted us with trials, he's entrusted us good things and bad things. And I think, who am I that you would choose me? And um, to be grateful for all that he has done and we really tried this past Thanksgiving and going into Christmas to be, we call it being thanky in my family. I'm not sure where that came from, except we were sitting at school one day and I was like, oh, Thanksgiving is coming. We should probably do something thanky. And it like just kind of stuck. But so, um, but to talk to the kids, I was like, I want more than just writing something nice on the wall. I want us to be genuinely thankful that God chose us that God has gifted us or um, God has 
given to us himself and his word and each other. And so those are the two the two verses that I think of the building my house and then being amazed and in awe that God would choose me. Stuff like that. We have to choose gratitude and I have to choose it first. And when I choose it, the flavor of my home and the the direction our home goes is often the way mom decides to go. What has being married to Jason taught you about yourself and about God? The first thing that comes into my mind when I think about what is being married to Jason taught me is I am the chief of sinners. And I there's a book that's called um, When Sinners Say I Do. I think it's by Dave Harvey, which is one of the best marriage books I've ever, books on marriage I've ever read. I knew that I was a selfish sinner and then I got married and I, you know, when you get married and you're the bride and, and all of the attention is on you and it's glorious and it feels amazing. And I wanted that attention. I loved that attention. And then the rubber hits the road and life is hard and he's busy and I still wanted all of his attention and time. And, um, the marriage has taught me many sanctifying lessons. Um, first and foremost, that my life and my marriage is not about me. My life and my marriage is about glorifying God. And marriage is a tool that God uses to share the gospel. I want marriage to be about me and about how amazing I am and how amazing he thinks I am. <laughs> when in reality, marriage is him loving me which is grace and it's sacrifice and it's goodness and kindness and and it's him loving me unconditionally and me loving him and me submitting to him and coming under him and us coming together and saying how do we take this thing that God gave us called marriage and use it well and I didn't even consider that concept until I I think I was at a marriage conference that our church had and the pastor there just shared with how do you use your marriage it's a gift God gave it to you how do you glorify God how do you make God look uh, beautiful how do you share his glory his beauty through your marriage and I had to give up myself and my ideals and my dreams that all of marriage is going to be la-di-da and he was going to be amazed and twitterpated by me for forever <laughs> and not that he isn't but but marriage is more than that as he has loved me through my failures I have seen the love of Christ at my greatest and at my worst my husband has loved me and he has forgiven me great amounts and he has extended kindness and that is exactly what our Heavenly Father does through Christ. And as I submit to him and as I love him and as I give him everything that I have that is beautiful and good and to him and only him, I display the church's response to that. And so we really have intentionally taken Ephesians 5 and tried to live that out, especially in the last year in our marriage. And one of the, I, I thought, that I would have it down. I honestly thought, like, I got this marriage thing down. I know what I'm doing. And and it was actually, again, it was my mom who was 
struggling with something and she said she said I've been married to this man for 40 years and we're just getting around and dealing with something and I was like that makes me feel better mom because I've been married for 20 years and I'm just getting around to dealing with something and we are constantly growing and we are constantly changing and so um it's been good. It's been challenging though to say, I don't have it all together. I'm not probably ever going to have it all down, but let's grow together and let's learn together and let's change together. God has taught me so much through marriage. It's sanctifying, it's humbling, but I want to then take it and use it and use it for God's glory. And, and the fact that it's it's still hard and it's still has to be intentional and we still have to choose every day to speak well of each other, to hold hands, to love each other well. I want to thank Ginny so much for taking time out of her busy schedule to share her heart with us. We planned on about 45 minutes for the interview. I shut the recording off at 90 minutes and we talked for another hour after that. I love Ginny so much and appreciate the example she's set for me. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you were encouraged or challenged by something you heard. And I always love hearing from listeners. So please, please reach out at Tina Hornick on Instagram or at keepingmysanity.com. As always, the link to everything we talked about today is in the show notes. Have a fantastic day, and I can't wait to talk to you next time.